let me tell you, as a 14-year-old, it is extremely uncomfortable. So I can't imagine what it must have been like to shoot those scenes. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 13, lucky number 13. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. Today, we are going to listen to uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings and watch the movie Jojo Rabbit. Ooh, fun, 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 fun. How was your week, my friend? Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Not not great. Um, <laughs> you know what they say, there's an old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. These are interesting so... times. My wife had her appointment this week that we had waited oh. three and a half weeks for, and yes. she got... Uh, a prescription for some tests, which took three months to schedule. So she currently has those tests scheduled on May 23rd. No! Yes. Frack and yes. way, these, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the healthcare system is overburdened right now. Uh, both her, well, both of her providers so far have told her that if things take a long time, she should reach out to them and tell them to you know, do what they can to push things forward. And she did that, and neither of them has responded at all. Oh, so, yeah. so right now, say, still May 23rd, things are taking no. a very long time. So, And then my dog went to the ER two nights ago, which was also no. very unpleasant. She's okay, thankfully, but her lizard, her lizard, her lizard and the, the her lizard, I'm, nope. Her lizard wrong. enzymes are way off? Liver enzymes <laughs> were very high. And uh, she had to have some medicine and some supportive fluids, and but they came down, and so she's back home oh, with us. And a, as if there was never a problem. So, yeah. oh, that's good. That's good. So, I Travis, thinking... I know this is a dangerous question, but how oh. was your week? Well, I had an interesting week, my friend. In definitely in a Chinese curse sort of way. I um, so I. Work was fine and uh, and fun, and I had a um, a really fun class at uh, my UCB improv class, and I I actually did some looking into getting a dog, um, which is interesting. I'm, I'm ready Yay! to finally adopt again. It's been so long, and so I'm starting the process. The first place I looked at, though. I went in and they're like, "Oh yeah, you have to sign up and uh, set up an account, and then the adoption fee is six hundred dollars." And then, and I'm like, "What? Oh, that's 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 purebred pedigree." Oh, well, that's not awful. purebreds are like two, three grand these days. Well, it depends <laughs> on the breed, but um, uh, <laughs> no, but the like. I don't know. So that was that was a little disconcerting. So I'm gonna have to go around and, and actually drive to some shelters and uh, look at some look at some puppies and you know get the hang, get the feel for things. Um, I did also. Oh wait uh, wait wait wait! You can't just get what? off of that right away. Are you a puppy? Oh. Are you a puppy guy? Oh yeah. So I for a couple reasons I want a dog that's young. Um, okay. And I want a dog that a I can train. Uh, b uh, just I need all the time I can get. 
yeah. with them. You no, know, that's totally Just understandable. When you've only got 14 years, it yeah. like taking a year off that seems so long. Yeah, so. I, I, we have a strict rule in this household: no puppies, no kittens, no kids. Mm. But I certainly understand the desire to have as much time as possible. As you know, we yeah. get we adopt adult greyhounds in this. Uh, in this house and they are pretty long lived for a large breed but it still yeah. ends up being you know 12 13 14 years to, uh and you can age. also have more than one which maybe allows you do you do any like overlapping yeah uh yeah so i can't do that so i'm 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 doing one yeah. Um, soon, eventually. And uh, what else? I uh, had. Uh, I'm saving the big thing until last because it was something else I was going to. Uh, uh, I had my conversation with my uh, publisher, which I was going to have the day after we talked last, and that went interestingly. And they, uh, we've changed my kind of itinerary for my novels. And one of the things that's going to happen is I'm going to be bringing. Decimus, my already published novel, yes, out from my current publisher that has it to my new publisher, okay, who hopefully will be able to market it a little better than uh, the current publisher has sure. been. Uh, so, so that was my other big news. And then yesterday, I had a whole big thing. Let's just say, I'll shorten it drastically. Uh, I, I took my bike to the store and I was parked outside of a, a little shop that I'd walked into for a, for a minute. And uh, while I was inside, some guy basically just came up. Uh, it was This is part, uh, like on Ventura Boulevard, right on the sidewalk. And some guy just walked up and hopped on my bike and tried to ride it away. And I ran out and I ran him down and, and pulled him off of the bike uh, and causing the bike to crash, but also causing him to, you know... Uh, end up on the ground and uh, I was I was yelling at him in a way that is uh, unbecoming of a gentleman but uh, I the people around me all fully like the onlookers all were telling me afterwards that they fully expected me to like be beating on this guy for stealing my bike which like as if that's what they would do and I was like well that's not that's not me. I'm a Midwest guy, and like, but I did put the fear of God in him because I'm a you know six foot one guy, and he's he was probably I don't know five and a half feet, and uh, I'm just like towering down in him, and so finally I do wish I'd I'd made him empty his pockets and give me his money because <laughs> there was damage. No, no, I, no, because there's damage to the bike that's going to yeah. cost me probably a couple hundred dollars. Well, um, I'm glad you didn't do that because I'm a hundred percent certain that's a crime. Oh, maybe. All right. Well, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he gave me money, not not like if I robbed him, but if he gave me money <laughs> to uh, to apologize for trying to steal my that would have been very nice. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so it's it's probably going to cost me a couple hundred bucks in repairs, and I don't have the bike at the moment, which is sucks because that's my only mode of transportation. And I also re-injured the plantar fasciitis I've had on my foot, mm. which which was. Yesterday morning, I was actually thinking, "Oh, it's feeling much better today. Like I'm almost, I'm almost back to normal." But you and, must uh, remember from having plantar fasciitis before. That's the classic pattern with plantar fasciitis: is right. Oh yeah, I think it's better now. And then of right. course you re-injure. Well, and I did, but I did know, I do know enough that once you, the pain stops, you do have to give it more time. Yeah. And um, and so I was going to give it more time, but I couldn't because I had to sprint after this guy down the down the sidewalk. So anyway, um, all right. All things, all things being equal, it's not the worst thing in the world. And um, as I talked to my mother afterwards, and just being able to rant about the whole thing to her was a a, a deep help. And 
and you know, my mom always said as I was growing up that no matter what happens to you in life, it's just another of life's great adventures, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. And I told her that, and I was like, yeah, this was definitely another great adventure. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, I have never, I have had bicycles stolen, and I have never had the deep, deep abiding satisfaction of running the person down. So that's. That's pretty impressive, Travis. Yeah. You know, you do imagine that sometimes. You're like, what would I do if I saw the person actually trying to steal the bike? And I guess I got that. I got that chance. Now, well, it was my fault for not locking it up, but I, uh, and, no, and that don't is a blame lesson the, learned Don't blame sure. the victim, Travis. Don't blame the victim. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, I have a but very similar learned. story. I have a very similar story. Actually, just today, I... Uh, dropped an earbud while I was checking out at a store and I realized it when I was in my car on the way home and I went back and found my earbud. Oh, then nobody had taken it? Nobody had taken it, yep. That's great, that's nice. That's nice. It's interesting because I was thinking uh, just earlier today uh, that when I was in Japan, at one point I wanted to take a time-lapse video with my phone of the clouds at a temple. Right. And uh, the temple was pretty empty, but there were people there. And so I put my phone down on the steps Mm, and just and walked away for about half an hour, fully confident that no one would take it. And because it's Japan and nobody did take it because it's Japan. And uh, and so the idea that here you could literally like minutes I was inside this shop before some dude just walked up uh, to a to an unattended bicycle and, and rode it off thinking that he could just take it just ridiculous well that is that's one of life's great adventures travis yes yes certainly was and my mom my mom said uh well you'll survive you've survived uh and i said well you know you uh we have no other choice because uh we survive until we don't yes yeah and uh and i will i will always survive so uh let's talk about uh let's talk about stuff pop culture yeah let's do it what do you say? Should we change things up a little and do the yeah, let's movie first? Oh, okay. Let's do the movie first. Sure. Uh, so I assigned you the movie Jojo Rabbit, which is a, a movie that was written and directed by Taika Waititi, who you have uh, admitted that you liked his Thor uh, entry, or at least his first Thor entry, Thor Ragnarok, which I also love, and it caught everybody by surprise. And so Jojo Rabbit was actually his follow-up to that, And what he did was kind of a farce uh, parody of uh, of 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 Nazi Germany at the end of the uh, Second World War, just as Germany was realizing that it was falling. But it follows this little boy whose name is Jojo as he is uh, just enthralled with the Hitler youth. And he's he he actually is so into uh, being a Hitler youth that he imagines an imaginary Hitler as his best friend. And Hitler is played by uh, Taika Waititi, and it's a completely ridiculous take. And the things I love about this movie are, uh, I mean, I love Scarlett Johansson just about anything. She plays JoJo's mom. Uh, Taika Waititi's performance is is kind of delightful as Hitler. It's, it's, it's whimsical, but at some points he does he does show like the real Hitler anger, which is interesting because he's the kid's imaginary friend. And um, the uh, Sam Rockwell plays the kind of the commandant of the Hitler youth who is 
just wonderful. He 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 may or may not have a um a uh, a, a gay relationship with his one of his um subordinates played by Reek from Game of Thrones, and it's it's kind of delightful. Like he, I don't. It doesn't matter the uh, the the subtleties there, but anyway. Yeah, I uh it's a it's just a fun movie. Um not one of my favorites favorites, but definitely I thought it was worth recommending as a uh as kind of a art house comedy. Uh Yeah. So. Okay, cool. Um I liked this movie. Uh it is I think anybody who doesn't spend a fair amount of time wondering if it's okay to like this movie while they're watching it, I don't know if I trust that person, <laughs> right? I mean, you do spend a lot of it you going, mean... well, it's a it's a very subtle take, right? Because, like, you don't want to trivialize the Holocaust, right? And I mm-hmm. feel like that's an obvious right. thing to say, but it's true, right? Like, right. Many, many people died, six, seven million, something like that, six million Jews and a million others, right? And, of course, you don't want to trivialize the war in which millions of more soldiers and civilians died, right? And so to have what is avowedly a comedy with some dramatic moments, uh, it's it's a tough line to walk. I've never seen Life is Beautiful, although it's my... I was going to bring that up as a possibility. Ooh, uh, that's going on my list because that's a good one. Yeah, I know that that is also a comedy set in uh, World War II, Um, and and I know that it's well-regarded, but uh, I unfortunately have never seen it, so I can't really place it uh, in relation to this movie, but... Um, I think this this movie largely sets the right tone, and it is funny, and you do you know it's fun. Yeah. The plot is actually pretty pretty mechanical, right? Like you you're like, oh, he meets the Jewish girl that's living in his mother's home, and he falls right. in love with her because he's a ten year old, and like what ten year old boy doesn't fall in love with a teenage girl who. Right. You know, he's basically her only friend for months at a time, right? Yeah. Um and you know, so that feels like yeah, of course he, you know, he falls in love with her and and she's, you know, too old for him and But it's an interesting kind of love it, too, like It's he, very tender and very sh- like it's very innocent, right? Like it's right. it's it's 10-year-old love. It's the oh, you're a person, you're near me, I like you. Right, and well, I must love you. Right, that's well, and also he's missing his sister, who she kind of fills a gap for. Yes, and uh, yeah. Well, and I think they said that she was actually a friend of his sister when she was alive. Yep. Right, so they exactly. were similar in age, and yeah. Well, but... so and she knew JoJo from when he was younger, so she wasn't a complete stranger to the house. That's why yeah. the mother this was taking a... the risk of hiding her. This is a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's beautifully shot. Uh, there, I have absolutely no complaints about any of the like production design or, uh, you know, visual aspects of this movie. The costuming is wonderful. There's a very uh, the storytelling is really, really, really nice too. Taika Waititi is funny, right? Because he has a pretty light touch for a comedian. Uh, at times I'm thinking specifically of the moment and obviously there's spoilers for Jojo rabbit here. The, the moment when Jojo discovers his mother has been hung. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's handled in a way that 
maintains the emotional impact without a visual shock, right? We see Jojo grab, so we see the bodies hanging in the square, and Jojo is like, I think he's playing next to them or something, right? I, I can't remember exactly what he's... He's just kind of wandering he's, out yeah, into he's the wandering, street, he's, not he's paying attention. He's a little attention. distracted, and he sees the bodies, and he grabs this one, and he starts crying. And because he's been uh, you know, interacting with, I want to say Elsa. Is Elsa the sister, or is Elsa the... It's Elsa and Inga. It's, right. <laughs> anyways, yeah. the Jewish girl that's living in the attic. Um, he's been interacting with her and learning about her, and so... There's a moment there where at least I was like unsure. Is he just, are these Jews that have been found and hung and he's upset because, you know, now he's beginning to realize that Jews are human or, and then I'm like, oh no, the shoes, right? The shoes, this is his mom, right? But there, it's not like, because you don't see like, you know, her face turning purple or any like sort of shock. Right. They never show things. anything but uh, her. Yeah, below they never the show anything leg. but her shoes. Um, yeah. it, it's a really nice touch. So I, I have nothing but good things to say about that. Did um, you think that that moment? Uh, let's stay on that because uh, sure. I one of my criticisms for the movie is that I don't think the emotion of that moment is quite earned. Um, really? I didn't feel, I didn't feel Jojo's sadness for some reason. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until he actually went to talk to, uh, the Jewish girl that I, um, that I felt my own kind of sadness for that, for that loss in him. And, but did you feel that strongly? No, I, I definitely felt like it was extremely emotionally impacting and it was funny right because he reacts before you do as an audience right he's like distraught right and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is why and the the camera hangs with it for a little while and gives Mm -hmm. you a moment to digest it and you know there is like a style of filmmaking where you just do that and then they just give you enough time to like realize what has happened and then you cut away to another thing and uh, but this one lets you marinate for a little while, and I it worked for me. I can certainly yeah. understand why it might not work for someone, but it, it worked for me. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it didn't. And I'm usually a very empathetic person, and I'm I cry at movies at the drop of a hat. Oh, I absolutely but... cried at that moment. Yes. Okay, interesting. Uh, and and they do set it up well with uh, with all, two parts where they see. Uh, someone else being hung earlier in the movie, the mom and he are going about their business and they see someone else hanging in the town square and someone, I think a child wailing over one of those people and kind of reflecting Jojo's, um, you know, what he ends up doing. And so, uh, so I thought that was, and definitely there's a shot later where she is standing on like a, a uh, embankment and he's standing down from her and he's just looking at her shoes just kind of observing them and it really kind of sets up that foreshadowing and uh, so that when you only see the shoes you know exactly what's going on yeah so i i as an achievement i think this is a really impressive directorial job um acting wise i the actor who plays jojo is fantastic i don't yeah. know his name yeah. unfortunately but he's really really good um scarlett johansson is really good in this i i'm very i'm very comsy gozy on scarlett johansson but she i really nails this 
I felt like she was even a little underused. Um, you know, they, yeah. there's a bunch of good scenes with her, but she's so, and I, I understand, right? She's very emotionally controlled because she's walking a very fine line with hiding a Jew in her house and clearly participating in other forms of resistance as well. Right. Uh, and so I, I understand the, the choice, but I, you know, I would have liked to have seen more with her. Um, Sam Rockwell is absolutely phenomenal in this. Um, you know, it's funny, right? Despite the drag uniform at the end or draggy yeah. uniform at the end, yeah. I didn't pick up on the homoerotic subtext, but that's because I'm straight and cis and I just missed it. But yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I think I could possibly be looking I mean, for things where they don't exist. Well, but, I mean, uh, it's it definitely since they both had the uniform. The it's new... clearly subtext, right? Yeah. And they uh, both have a lot of they both have a few moments where they're just like face to face inches away. And he always introduces them when other people are around and it's it's good. Um there is there is some extremely as you would expect some extremely uncomfortable humor in this movie. I think the one that stands out to me is the Heil Hitler scene where <laughs> the SS comes to search Jojo's apartment yes. and Elsa shows up uh, because they were going to find her, and so she pretends to be his dead sister. And they yeah. all have to Heil Hitler one another uh, every other, individually. It's like, it's like that, uh, hello, doctor, hello, doctor. It's that, it's yeah. that moment, but every, you have to Heil Hitler every single person in the yeah. room individually. You can't now, just Heil Hitler a group. Which... I, ha I have Heiled Hitler uh, as an actor. Uh, you might not know this about me, but my freshman year of high school, I played the butler in Sound of Music, and wow. at the at the end of that, when the when the Anschluss is happening, uh, the butler does a Heil Hitler. And let me tell you, as a fourteen year old, it is extremely uncomfortable. Wow! Uh, and so I can't imagine what it must have been like to shoot those scenes and just sit there. Oh yeah, going, with a little little. You know, uh, the it, kid's name is Roman Griffin Davis, and you know he when he's like he's with these all these adults, including Stephen Merchant, by the way, who is always a delight um and then sam rockwell comes in and every time someone comes into the room everybody has to like heil hitler each other uh again and it's uh it's it's funny there's a the line from a movie and i don't remember which it was but i remember seeing it when i was younger and uh there's hitler is uh wanting to be hiled and no one's hiling him and he's like fine i'll just hile myself <laughs> i don't know why that while that uh that line was so funny to me, but it stuck with me all these years. I mean, it's pretty so. fantastic. So, yeah, and also, um, is a pretty, a pretty. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I felt like the comedy was definitely there, and you, when you can, I feel like you can just poke all the fun at, um, at Hitler, and you know, he's he's ripe for for fun making. Yeah, and it does, like, the movie does say pretty focused on making fun of Hitler and making uh, most of the Nazis menacing. Oh, I did want to call out, so you, you alluded to it earlier, but uh, Taika Waititi's scene where he's lost Jojo and he's trying to force him back to the Hitler youth and he gets angry and really brings this transformation that is incredible. And, you know, it does remind you Taika Waititi as fun and funny of a dude as he is, is an excellent actor and 
boy, that scene was menacing and scary, and I can't imagine what it must have been like for that kid to be in the room with him. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you do get the sense, too, that maybe he didn't, um, in order to get, he, it could have been one of those directorial things where maybe you make a choice like that to be so menacing without telling the kid that you yeah. were going to do it in order to get more of an, a real response. Like, I don't know if that's the way they did it, but um, you could, I could certainly see that being yeah. the case. Yeah. So, so. anyways, uh, yeah, I really liked it. it. Yeah. I'd like to rate it. I, I'm a little, okay. So the, the subject matter is a little dicey. I feel like it was largely handled well. Uh, it was funny. The, uh, the drama was earned. I'm going to give this an eight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an eight as well. Uh, just really? because I, yeah, I really like it. It's, there are some things that I don't love and I, and I think, uh, you mentioned, uh, life is beautiful and we're going to have to watch that sometime maybe in a, in, uh, in the next month or two. Um, and I want to specifically note the difference in emotionality because when I watched that movie, I was bawling at the end and, uh, I just didn't have that same emotional resonance, uh, in this one. So, uh, I'd like to see the difference. And, and so, uh, also there are some things like, I'm not a huge fan of Rebel Wilson. Um, I feel like she's almost the wrong kind of broad. And I mean that from a comedic sense. Um, <laughs> she's just, she's, her comedy is broad in a way that's not biting and kind of like smart broad that you get from Sam Rockwell and Stephen Merchant and Taika Waititi. I felt like she was really well used though. I mean, she was there to get a couple of punchlines and go. And when she yeah. grabs those weapons at the end and just goes for it, I, I it reminded me of, did you ever play Wolfenstein 3d, the computer game? Of course I did. So it's the, it's the precursor to doom. Uh, yeah. It reminded me of that, right? Huh. Of the just the German lady uh, just grabbing the big guns and let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can. Uh, it's not a huge thing. Just a uh, all in all, just a couple points off for uh, from being a perfect movie. And uh, obviously, I did watch it again, and I enjoyed watching it again. So I think an eight is a pretty good score for me too. Yeah. Um, incidentally, it was made for only $14 million and uh, pulled in $90 million in the box office. So, uh, uh, pretty good movie. Ooh, I did also want to note, it's from a book uh, called Caging Skies that came out in, like, 2019. So, uh, Taika Waititi must have gotten, like, an advanced copy of this book and optioned it sure. right away. Cause, uh, sure, sure. Uh, anyways, I, I, uh, checked it out from the library. I'm only about 10 pages into it, so I can't speak to whether it's any good, but I'm curious how, how it treats the subject matter and, and how it's different from the movie. So, uh, maybe I'll hopefully give you a report on that in a week or two. I'm curious to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our music, which all right. was an interesting one. Yeah, it was an interesting one. So this is the album Naturally by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Now, Sharon Jones is the regular lead vocalist of the band the Dap Kings, but the Dap Kings also were the backing band for Amy Winehouse back in the day. When she uh, became popular, they hooked her up with a regular backing band rather than just a studio band, and that was the Dap Kings. And so they achieved some notoriety, but of course... When she died, uh, the Dap Kings got their regular vocalist back, and they produced some pretty good albums. Naturally is the one 
that I was first exposed to and is still my favorite of theirs. And why do I love it? I love it because it sounds like a throwback to another time and it's a time of music that I love, right? Uh, I love those deep soul and R&B rhythms. I love a great, powerful voice, and I love singing about a man who has done you wrong or a man that you've done wrong too. So there's a lot of that. What yeah. you think? Uh, I w- this was another really good recommendation for me. I would I went into it thinking that I wasn't gonna like it, like it because I'm I'm not a huge fan of Amy Winehouse, and uh, and. And so I was like, well, what, what am I going to do with the band that was with her and, and, and like the singer who wasn't good enough to become as famous as Amy Winehouse <laughs> is what I was thinking. Yeah. And uh, I was wrong uh, because Sharon Jones is delightful to listen to. The band is – so this, this music checks all of the boxes that I've established that I'm into – lyrics that are easy to understand um like like audio wise uh an interesting music that has a hook that has a rhythm that has a melody that is memorable that you can probably that you can think about and hear in your head afterwards uh and a uh, and just it's it was mostly fun which i really really like uh there are a couple of things uh that i didn't love there's a there's a song that is actually as a song really great called Stranded in Your Love. Oh and, yeah. But there oh, was a yeah. lot of talking that you just didn't need. Like setting well, up the story of the song. Yeah. And I'm ed- I'm listening to it again today and in my head kind of editing it going, "No, you didn't need it. It would have been a fascinating song, you know, without all this all this uh, dialogue preamble." It would have been you figuring out kind of what the story is about, like, mm. and and the metaphor of being stranded in your love is is wonderful. And Lee Fields, the 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 person who sang it with her as a duet, is sounds great when they're singing together. And but it's a it's almost a six minute song, and you. So I'm thinking, well, no, you don't need all the talky bits to make it a good like four minute song yeah it's funny so this is a throwback to a very specific type of hit uh sort of a tina and ike turner uh big wheel keep on turning or um oh god the uh there's a couple that did a reunion uh mm-hmm. that uh it's just it's just a thing from the early 70s where you would have these like long conversational interludes before the song would start or as the song was starting. And, and so I totally understand your read. You're not wrong to have it, but they, they were trying to evoke a very specific thing here. And I, I think they nailed it. Proud yeah. Mary, by uh, the way, it's not called big wheel. Keep on turning. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, there, there's a, a couple of other things on this, on this album. Uh, and this is naturally the album i don't know if we mentioned this uh but yeah, it's in I, our it's in our playlists that you can find probably in the have you been putting the playlists in the uh i have been putting the playlists in the show notes you can the check them out all right check the show notes out music uh on music youtube which is the french way to say it uh youtube music and yes. uh the i've the also french been re- mostly re- putting switch. them on spotify so nice uh, I so there's a couple of songs in here that I want to talk. One is that on YouTube Music, um, they uh, one of the things I like is that you can switch over and read the lyrics. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And there's a song called Natural Born Lover, which is the Ooh. second song. Yeah. And it's a delightful song, except there's something she says. Like, she <laughs> spells out a thing. Like, and I keep listening to it, and I cannot figure out what she's spelling. And I'm like, oh, so today I'm walking, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I have my hands free. I'll check the lyrics. No lyrics for this song. So I can't. I can't tell you uh, what it is she's spelling. And it doesn't seem like I tried to spell it out in my head, and it doesn't seem like an actual word, which me- makes me think it's some sort of uh, interesting like code that only uh-huh. she knows. Anyway, it's entirely I just possible. thought that was funny. Also, weirdly enough, there's another song called Fish in the Dish. Yeah, which, Fish in the Dish. I knew you were going to call out Fish in the Dish. It's a delightful song, and uh, it's funny because she's like, there's a fish in my dish, and uh, the, the um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little bit of it. Not not here, but I'm just going to bring it up. Oh, also, no lyrics for fish in the dish. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> um, so, but, but the thing that's funny about it is that you're – She's like, there's a fish in the dish, and it's uh, it's better when you when you when you find out that the line is yours. It's, it tastes better when the line is yours. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh, this is an interesting metaphor for something. Let's let's see what it is. <laughs> but no, she's literally talking about fish the whole time, and she like gets in more specific about fish. And you're like, oh no, she just went fishing and singing a song about it. All right, that, that works. That works. Ladies so, and gentlemen, uh, the gay man missed the metaphor about the fish in the dish. I, I, I don't know. Are you sure it's a metaphor? Because it sounded like it was literally about fish to me. Okay, well, I think that's a good thing to believe. I mean, you, if you look at, uh, you, you pull up the lyrics and tell me that it's a, it's a metaphor for, uh, like, I don't know, vaginas or something. I don't but, uh, have time to learn things, <laughs> Travis. This is not that kind of podcast. I, I am sensitive to to uh, metaphors in song. I get it, especially with songs where you can understand the lyrics. But um, but I don't know if this was if this was that. I listened to this twice through and uh, okay. did not catch it if it was there. <laughs> but I was delighted. More to the point, though, I was delighted by the surprise of it not being a metaphor, like that she was actually singing about fish. Um, yeah. Which is not unreasonable, you know, in the South. Uh, they like their fish down there. That's true. That's true. Right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 found this to be, I found this to be delightful. It wasn't, uh, it, it was, oh, oh, here's another one of my autoplay stories. Uh, as I was hiking, listening to this earlier in the week, mm-hmm. suddenly another song came on that, I, that my mind instantly flagged as inferior. I was like, okay. oh, this is definitely not the same singer and this is not as good of a song and so i pulled out my phone you know who it was who was it rascal flats no not rascal flats What's the <laughs> one you... flat arizona flats no A- A- alabama shakes alabama shakes well that was embarrassing i'm gonna start a alabama shakes cover band called arizona flats, though. <laughs> arizona flats. <laughs> uh, uh yeah so it was alabama shakes and uh, it was not as good uh, and so i stand it just reaffirmed my earlier uh not not dislike but like you know lower score on uh on that sure sure so i also have some bad news for you travis uh oh sharon jones tragically died in 2016 i know that and uh oh, okay. yeah she died of cancer and uh, i read yeah. up on that because i was uh, what i wanted to know and I, I i felt bad for her being the person who was 
who was pushed aside for this white chick who's going to come in and take mm-hmm. over her band. Yeah. And then the white chick dies uh, because she kills herself, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, and and then the band's like, oh, hey, come on back, Sharon Jones. And Sharon Jones like, I got cancer, y'all. Just like, and but I'm going to make one more album just to go out on a bang. And yeah. she did. Yeah, no, it's uh, their their last album before she died is fantastic. I I knew that they were touring that album, and I didn't go to see it, and I of course regret it. Uh, oh. I did have an opportunity to go see them on that last tour, uh, so and I think it would have been a fantastic show. But unfortunately, I'll have to just go to another Fits in the Tantrums con- concert. I suppose. Um, you know what? That'll probably be a fun show too. I wonder what uh, the oh, Dap Kings of- are up to, by the way, given that they've had two different singers die on them now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, I don't know how know. you hire somebody. It'll be hard for them to get another. Uh... Yeah. Well, speaking of shows uh, in person, we actually got a comment, and uh, maybe this is a uh, a side tangent uh, before we score. But uh, Kevin Novacek commented on our YouTube, on our Facebook post uh, about going to see uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor in concert, uh-huh. and and that's a not the point of his comment, but one of the things that he said was. Um, I really feel music like this suffers a little bit from what Rotten Tomatoes distinguishes between the audience score and the critics' consensus. Is it, uh, it is certainly more art than commercial music, so I feel maybe the best judge of this and other music like it shouldn't be, would you listen to it more often, which is kind of what I've been you know, thinking as my metric. And he says, but maybe more, do you feel you're a better person for having experienced this? Mm-hmm. And it brings up a thought that I was having while listening to this playlist, and it was that I really like this playlist. It, yeah. I, I would put this on my, on, my, on my rotation if I had a rotation. And I don't – and I saw part of the tragedy of this, this thing we're doing is that you're exposing me to a lot of, of things that I had never uh, been – never experienced and, and music that I'd never listened to. But – if we're doing it every week, I certainly barely ever listen to music as it is, and I'm not going to be going back and listening to uh, uh, you know this or whatever I listen, whatever we listened to last week, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, fits fits in the tam- fits in the tantrums, and uh, or, or or AJR got that right, and nice. uh, and so like. I, it's kind of the tragedy of it, right? Is that I, I'm not sure I'll ever be listening to these things I really did enjoy. Well, at you know, least Travis, not soon. You know, Travis, we could do another very special episode where you create a playlist of songs that you dug, and uh, actually, maybe we could just but publish you've that. Listen to little... all that. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah, uh, well, I don't know if that really would be interesting to listen or to. Or we could but do I the Travis's that, um... boyfriend playlist. This is my theory. Uh, you know what? Eventually, maybe I'll just have to put that together and post it uh, on the on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, yeah, which we could is, do. A, by the way, we could do a special ourselves. bonus episode. Oh, sorry. Uh, Go if ahead. you search for exposing ourselves on Facebook, and you can email us at exposing ourselves podcast at, at gmail dot com. Um, but you uh, anyway. So yeah, I just thought that that was an interesting dilemma that I'm experiencing these things that I love, but I probably won't be listening to them. So to Kevin's point, I I might approach it from a from a standpoint of do i feel like i'm a better person for having experienced something mm-hmm. and in that by that metric i think i would give this album a or this playlist yeah it is an album a, a solid album. eight 
a solid. Wow, eight. that's fantastic. You yeah. know, Travis, I've I've started to hack the system a little bit lately. I seem to think hack that away, you uh, prefer playlists to albums, and so I was a little hesitant giving this to you last week. If I hadn't been caught out by totally forgetting, oh, I would have yeah. put together a playlist for Sharon Jones as well. Uh, because you sort of historically over the course of the podcast have preferred playlists. Well, when you're giving me a best of, it's easy. Like, you know, you can always, I, I, in fact, back when I was buying CDs, I, I I would buy best of. So I have the best of uh, Tina Turner, the best of Phil Collins, the best of Prince, the best of the police. And that's the stuff that I was buying because it was almost a shorthand for someone who wasn't a music aficionado or, or, or someone who had maybe a, a more delicate music sensibility. Um, and I mean that as a refined, I guess, instead of delicate, but, um, which I don't, my, my music sense is not refined. And so it was just kind of a good shorthand to go for best of albums. So that's not bad. That's not a bad idea, but I do like that we do this, you know, in this case, especially that you gave me an album and uh, it was delightful. It was a good cool. album. Well, that's yeah. that's wonderful news. Uh, what would I give this album? I think this one's a nine for me. I don't know what keeps it from being a ten. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, there are not really any it's songs. It's the talky bits. <laughs> There's not really any songs on here that I don't like. Uh I, here's my complaint about it. It's only 40 minutes long. I, I want it more. It was a short album. I was surprised I, by how fast that uh, that non-album uh, song came up on my you know autoplay. Yeah, I want uh, I want two more tracks. That's what I want. I want a 12-track album. That would be that would be perfect for me. But other than that, I I, I really love this album. I listen to it uh, still regularly, even though I you know. I used to spin it all the time when it first came out. Uh, There are a bunch of great songs that really resonate for me. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I actually think the, uh, the short album makes it very accessible. Although I guess if you're already going to buy the album, you want as much as you can from it, but there's no fat in this album. It's pretty lean. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice meaty, like, you know, uh, fish in the dish album yeah except for stranded in your love that one is definitely well that has long. some fat in the song too and it's too long. it's too long of a song and it, <laughs> I, if you just cut out if you create a radio edit of that song i'm sure that they go for the talky bits first because yeah. you don't need them you don't yeah. you just don't need them for it to be a satisfying song you heard so. it here first travis wants a radio edit of a yeah, i'm sure that there already song. is one i would i would I'd give money um so do you know what you're giving me next week? I do. You... I do. Okay. Is it that what? time? Uh, I guess it is. Yeah, sure. All right. So for you, we have a playlist from the band X Ambassadors. Are you familiar with X Ambassadors? I've never heard of them. No. So they broke out, I want to say right around seven or eight years ago, uh, with a bunch of songs that really, really were popular that you probably actually have heard some of their songs before because they've been Maybe. used in like ads um okay like there's a song called the jungle that you're you're gonna hear it and you're gonna be like isn't this a truck ad 
It is, in fact, <laughs> it is in fact okay. a truck ad. Um, but I made a playlist of seven songs. The whole album's really good, and if you want to listen to the whole album, it's not terribly long. I think it's like 55 minutes or something. Uh, but I just chose seven songs that are sort of my favorites. And uh, they do have two albums since this. And I got to say, they are not as uh, catchy. They definitely are one of those bands that kind of percolated their first album for quite some time and then kind of caught lightning in a bottle. And their more recent stuff is is maybe not quite as accessible or catchy. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But uh, but X Ambassadors, real good stuff. Okay. I, I would call it like, it's it's funny. It's like radio rock or something, or a stadium rock. It's it's not, it's not hard rock. It's not pop rock. It's, but it's it's really great to sing along with twenty thousand of your friends. Interesting. All right. Great. Well, uh, I uh, am looking forward to hearing that. I am. I, I was going to assign you Mission Impossible uh, three to okay. listen to watch. I was going to, oh. but I think you're going to get a reprieve. Oh, thank goodness! I'm just teasing. Well, no, just for that. I'm. Uh, you know what? No, I've no. decided. <laughs> I've decided. You know what? No, because. Uh, no, because I'm, I'm. I was going to give you something different because of what we listened to. You snuck something into our conversation last oh, week, did I? which, as I was listening to our podcast, I was like, I, it perked my ears, What's my that? friend. No, I'm not going to tell you yet. Oh, okay. uh, I think I'm going to. I because I want to give you two Mission Impossible movies. Okay. I think I'm going to space them apart. Okay. With a week of something else in between. Okay. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. I'm making obscene gestures on our on our, which really it wasn't designed to be obscene. I was literally just establishing what happens when you have put two of something and you put one something in between them. It just happens to look obscene. Anyway, so uh, okay, so I think for this week I'm going to give you um, Mission Impossible Three. Now, Mission Impossible Three is an interesting movie, Matt, and I want—I would like you to go into it open-minded because uh, this was a movie that followed up. You've said you've seen Mission Impossible One and you liked it, yes, which is a popular opinion. Mission Impossible One is a fairly likable movie, and uh, the—it was followed by a what I would probably consider to be a um, a. a a successful movie, but uh, it was kind of critically reviled. Um, Mission Impossible Two was directed by John Woo, and it's it was of its time for sure. And it just, it, but it was lots of slow mo, lots of doves flying through the air. Uh, 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 Tom Cruise's hair does a lot of amazing acting. And um, but it is notable. Mission Impossible Two was notable for uh, for having Tom Cruise do some really incredible stunt work with climbing, which was kind of the, led to his this this series of him doing his own stunts in movies. So lead, fast forward several years to Mission Impossible Three which was directed by J.J. Abrams and was con- kind of sit- considered to be a relaunch for the franchise. It stars not only Tom Cruise, but also Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is, I think everybody would agree, 
a serious actor, capital S, capital A, serious actor. And, uh, and he plays the villain in this movie. And that's all I'll give you, although I, I do think there's a lot to like about this movie. And it was, I think, J.J. Abrams's directorial... No, 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 not, not directorial debut. He did Cloverfield before this. And so, um, so, but he's a fairly new director. And it's interesting because with this trend of having a new hot director come in and direct each new in, uh, installment, um, it kind of reminds me of the Alien franchise, which mm-hmm. started with yeah. Ridley Scott yep. and then James Cameron and yep. then David Fincher yep. and then some French guy. Uh, and the, yeah, I know. I didn't like part four. Oh, I love Alien 4. Oh, okay. Well, it's okay to be wrong about things. But uh, anyway, so the, I, I'm, I want you to go in this with an open mind because I think that there is a lot to love about Mission Impossible 3. I think it goes deeper into the characters and the relationships and, um, and the action is spectacular and uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on here. So, um, yeah, and then try to like it because I'm going to give you Mission Impossible 4, which is my favorite action movie to date. All right. Well, that's very exciting. So. I am looking forward to it. Hey, Good. before we before we wrap up, I did want to tell mm-hmm. you one thing, which is that I opened the Hulu app yesterday, and Welcome to the Jungle Jumanji was available for free. So yes, I paid two dollars oh. to rent it. You should have just waited a few weeks, and I could have had it for free. But I folks, we both liked the movie. If you want to see Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, it's available included in your Hulu subscription right now. Nice, yeah, definitely go watch it if you haven't, and let us know. Let us know what you thought of uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and also what you thought of Jojo Rabbit and, uh, and our uh, uh, Sharon Jones and the, the Dap, Dap Kings. Kings. Uh, yes. And you can do that on our Facebook page at, uh, by searching for Exposing Ourselves and also by emailing us at ExposingOurselvesPodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Travis. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for exposing yourself to me. Well, thank you for exposing yourself to me, Matt. It's been great chatting with you. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>